Hello and welcome to, to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on March the 7th, 2023. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me as always, exploring a sea of new games. Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will of course be discussing some games that we have played. Paradox announces in Paradox announces a number of new games. Golden Girls fan game takes inspiration from Persona. Hogwarts Legacy is Europe's fastest selling game that isn't FIFA for a generation. And a follow up to talk about Hogwarts Legacy, a smidgen more. Tack on to that one. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's shaking, Megan? Uh, not too much. Just sitting here drinking my coffee at, you know, like 10 o'clock in the evening. Right. Like you do. As one does. I have a Diet Coke and some water. No coffee or tea tonight. Oh, that's not fun. I also have a narwhal. I have another narwhal sitting here next to me. I have to take him to Oh, we have another co-host? Yeah. Let's see. Does he have a name listed on here? He doesn't. So we can name him. What do you want to name him? He's blue. Da-ba-dee-da-ba-dee. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sparkly. Obviously, he's he's horny. He's got a unicorn horn. He's got hearts under his eyes. Mm, sound, uh, sounds like an Eddie to me. All right, Eddie, you shall be. Get to go to work tomorrow. You'll get to see your friends and family. Eugene, Colleen, Billy. This puts me up to 12 narwhals. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. Uh, uh. Why? <laughs> narwhals just kind of became my thing. I've always liked narwhals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I guess it's been two years ago now. My kid got me a narwhal stuffed animal for Christmas. I had one on my wish list, and he, he got it for me for Christmas. And I took it to work, and then it just kind of became my thing. Because everyone at work was like, oh, you get narwhals, that's weird. And I'm like, come on, y'all know me. Like, this isn't that weird. They're like, you know what, Jared, you're right. And then they just started, like, feeding me the narwhals. Oh, my God, that reminds me of a book on, well, been putting off finishing. <laughs> uh, that I borrowed from the library. Uh, the main character he is at Cubicle at the beginning of the story. It's just littered with troll dolls. You know, the naked, poofy-haired troll dolls. Yeah, like the 80s and 90s troll dolls. And the reason why is that on his way to work one day, he happened upon a troll doll just, you know, kind of sitting in the street. And he just picked it up and thought, huh. And uh, he, he wanted something to have uh, in his uh, cubicle to give it a little bit of flair, right? Yeah. And somebody saw it and it's like, oh, you like troll dolls? And a little bit later, they gave him one. Then, yeah, you know, then he had true troll dolls. And then, well, somebody saw he had two and thought, well, he needs three, right? Yep. That's how it happens. Uh, and it is a deal game in, uh, book, so. Right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So uh, this will be 12 narwhals that I have at my office. Well, now I know what to get you for Christmas. Totally not a narwhal. 
It's going to be like a narwhal with its tusks sw- uh, swished back and uh, glasses on. Totally not a narwhal. Actually, I have. I've also three D printed a couple of different narwhals and painted them. Mm-hmm. I've got one that I painted to look realistic, and then one that looks real derpy. <laughs> and they're they're hanging out at work and my decoration stuff. All of the stuff narwhals are are sitting on my beanbag chairs and my couch in my office, mm-hmm. so that when people come in, they can you know play with them or whatever. But mm-hmm. the 3D printed ones are on a shelf. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of become like a little game around the office where I can see who like gets me the most narwhals. <laughs> and like I've got like a little tally on a a dry erase board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. but every so often the score resets, so you know they have to keep uh, uh, chipping in, otherwise they fall behind, right? That's right. They got to add to the normal horde. But yeah, well. So speaking it, of hordes, sure. It's been a uh, couple three weeks since we've got to actually really talk about games that we have been playing, other than the most recent game club. Mm-hmm. So, what uh, what you been up to? So I had my last demo from Next Fest in like from like a month ago now. Yeah, and I wanted to save the best for last. Although at this point, I'm not sure if I have as much to talk about with it on compared to the other ones, just because it yeah kind of faded with time. But Shadows of Doubt. This is the favorite game I played during Next Fest. It is a detective simulator where you are in, as they call it, an immersive sandbox detective stealth game. You're in a procedurally generated small city, and depending on the mode you're playing, there's a career mode where you basically like have your office and you get cases either brought to you or stumble upon them. And you have to figure them out. Or in sandbox mode where you you just happen upon them. And it is stupidly complex. So like I said, uh, procedural generation, at least to some degree. I mean, it's not going to be completely generated. It does feel like it's using like the chunk system. Yeah. Uh, However, the residents of the town are procedurally generated, and their routines are generated. The crimes... uh, The uh, the devs have said that there's going to be a variety of different uh, crimes that will take place. The demo has a murder that that you're investigating, and you're kind of just told, okay, uh, I want you to investigate like this person at this uh, 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 location and get some dirt on him, and you uh, stumble across a murder scene. And then it's up to you to figure out how you want to approach the investigation. Do you want to start bribing people to find out information? Do you want to tap phones with uh, some... I'm going to call this game Neo-Noir, sort of uh, a mixture of cyberpunk and uh, the old noir uh, movies. Where there's like uh, you know some cybernetics going on and that sort of thing, uh, you could uh, uh, bribe people for information. You could tap into things. You could uh, hack a, a security uh, to uh, try to get information that way. And it really has a lot of possibility. 
but it also has a lot of possibility to let, let me down. The the UI is a bit clunky and things get very complex very quickly. So on the screenshots, you'll see uh, like on the fourth or the second proper screenshot, uh, the te- the detective board, where all the evidence that you gathered during your inf- uh, your uh, investigation is like compiled. And if you're not actively calling uh, information that you know leads you down a wrong path, even on the demo, which was just a couple hours long, it gets very cluttered. So UI issues that they have said that they're going to look into uh, is a, a thing. And also, it is very stealth forward. And I would like you know, more options uh, to approach the game in a different way. Which they have said that there's going to be different, essentially, paths. You know, like the law-abiding citizen uh, trying to solve these cases within the letter of the law. Then there's, you know, getting, like, gray hat, uh, hacking, uh, finding information. Uh, There's just, you know, breaking and entering and rifling through uh, people's stuff. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Art style, uh, if you're not into it, it definitely looks very dated. It has, like, this voxel look to it. It's not full-on Minecraft, but it definitely looks like it would be at home in, like, you know, uh, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And also, the uh, lo- uh, the uh, font system is a little wonky. Uh, towards the end of my demo, it, like, decided that I was trespassing because... I was in a shop during uh, uh, looking around, and the shopkeeper decided that it was the end of the day and closed up, uh, and decided that I was suddenly trespassing because, right? Right. Well, it's also essentially an alpha, so I'm a little bit more forgiving on that. I mean, this is a very similar to a game I had an idea for at one point during Pitch a Game. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the show or, you know, it was, like, in my notes. Uh, you know, using procedural generation, or a mixture of procedural generation and chunk-based stuff to have a, well, my original idea was, uh, you know, stories through, like, a security guard. Uh, uh, not Five Nights at Freddy's-esque, but, you know, having uh, investigations through that medium. So... Yeah. Or, you know, trying to keep order in a, a building uh, through that. But this is impressive. And they're and assuming that they put enough variety into the game, I can see uh, someone going a long while in this. And also, the information is uh, carries over. So you might uh, essentially get a contact uh, that can help you out in the underworld and be almost like the homeless network in the Sherlock Holmes series, where you know you can constantly go to back to this uh, group of informants that have contacts elsewhere and get information that way. Assuming, of course, they yeah you know, branch out into that. Right. I, I'm excited about it. What can I say? It sounds interesting. It's a very ambitious game. And a lot of places where it could go wrong. And I'm just hoping that they tackle some of the UI issues because it can be very cluttered. Uh, there's a lot of 
rummaging around for stuff, but then again, that's kind of the game for a detective story, right? Yeah, digging around, looking for evidence and clues uh, and such. Uh, it does lean a, uh, pretty heavy onto some sci-fi-esque elements. Uh, like, you get a uh, a fingerprint scanner, and it's essentially just pointing a uh, uh, click on to analyze fingerprints to uh, help identify people, but they have to, for a living person, you either have to yeah, like break into their house or you know, get a actual piece of thing that uh, they've touched that would give you their fingerprints. But uh, like a, the crime scene, for example, I was able to analyze the uh, body and saw, yeah, okay, so uh, this person is uh, person D, all right, uh, uh, using the person's initial. Then there's this unknown person that. Uh, it looks like they accessed the safe, or at least attempted to, and that was my uh, main clue on uh, uh, potential motive. And like I said, I did not solve the case because you know the shopkeeper decided to shoot me. There is gunplay, but your character, for story reasons, are is unwilling to use a gun. Okay. I mean, they're fine with, you know, knocking people out and electrocuting them, but, right? That's right. Fuck those people. Just not with firearms in particular. <laughs> if I recall correctly, former cop and he had a, a, an incident with a gun or something like that. Right. Yeah, but a very intriguing game. And part of the reason why I love coming across the next fest, because there's always fun shit to, fi- to be found. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got two. This first one is going to go by super fast. Um, so World of Warships, we have talked about before on the podcast. We have played before. It's been a while. The only reason that I played it is my son got into it recently. I'm guessing one of the YouTubers he watched plays it or he saw an ad or something. So he wanted to play it. So I have been playing with him. And... Basic gameplay-wise, it's still the same basic game it always was. You you play one of a number of warship classes, battleship, destroyer, aircraft carrier, etc. They each have their strengths and, and weaknesses, and you can get ones from various nations. Um, and you fight other players to get money and research points so you can level up. And there's clans in the game so that you can do you know ranked clan battles and... You can play against the AI, you can play against people. Sometimes there are scenarios that you can play for, like, extra rewards. So, you know, if you like this kind of gameplay, if you've seen it before and you're pretty sure you like it, or if you've played it before, like, that's what it is. And there hasn't been any major updates to it. Minor tweaks, balance, they've added more stuff. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about is fucking microtransaction, multiple currency, like, overload... There are something like 11 different currencies in this game. Like, there's doubloons, which is the original premium currency, and there's just straight-up cash and experience, and then free experience, and then coal and oil, and some kind of metals that I'm not sure how you get that can all be traded in. Like, the coal and the oil and the metals can be traded in for loot boxes, and it's got a season pass. Actually, it's got, I think, two season passes. 
um, plus loot boxes, plus uh, regular stuff that they released that isn't included anywhere else. Like that part of it is a mess. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'd be playing if it wasn't for my kid. I still find it to be mildly to moderately enjoyable, but it's like even if I mean, I'm having a good I mean, time, some free stuff at least on uh, Prime Gaming. Yeah, they do have free stuff on there. Um, because of how many different nations there are in the game, there are now, I believe, 10 or maybe 12 free sl- ship slots. Um, because, of course, you know, you have to buy more garage space out in the open ocean if you have too many ships. But I think you get 10 slots now to start, which is more than enough. You could never buy any more slots and have enough. Um, you would just have to cycle out old things you weren't using anymore. You couldn't keep it all. But, um, you know, even when I, like I was saying, even when I'm having fun with it, I'm going, I could be playing something better with my time, playing something more interesting. So, it's not a bad game. I just don't find it super enjoyable. Um, the only major, the, I guess two pretty major gameplay changes for the the moment-to-moment action gameplay there are submarines now which move slowly don't have any primary weapons other than the torpedoes but they have homing torpedoes based on your sonar signature return um but you have limited time you can stay underwater because scrub marine mm. um and so i think you can stay underwater for like three minutes at a time which doesn't sound like a lot but it is that's a long time in one of these battles yeah and then aircraft carriers, um, whereas before they were more like playing a, a real-time strategy game, like in the midst of this team battle third-person action RPG, mm-hmm. now you yeah, control you the fighters. Just, yeah, you pretty much just played from the map before. Yep, but now you actually can, tr- can control the fighters for you know more or better aimed shots and things like that. So, I mean, it's I'm like sure I know about that one. Yeah. I don't like it all that much. Like, it works, but it's like... Eh, I remember when this was just like you were, you know, the, the commander or whatever. Like, you were ordering them around. You weren't actually participating. But it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty okay. Pretty okay is how I would rate World of Warships. Pretty okay. Now, the other game I got and have been playing is uh, Phantom Brigade. Uh-oh. <laughs> which you discussed during the first... Um, when we first started talking about demos from Next Fest, you had played the demo. And yeah. I've been aware of this game for a couple of years when it was announced at E3, maybe three years ago now. Um, so I've been looking forward to playing it. So I, I got it on a, uh, I think, 20% discount for buying it day one. Um, overall, solid experience. I have a few problems with it, but let's let's talk about the good stuff first. I mean, if you listened a couple weeks ago, you heard Rage talk about the game. And sort of the gameplay basics, it's a turn-based game where that you are the commander for up to four mechs. Um, I've gotten farther than the demo allows you to go, but um, pretty quickly you get access to running four mechs at a time. And uh, there are some strategy and overworld map elements present where you do individual battles, which allows you to take over territories from your country, which was... Uh, attacked and destroyed by quote-unquote the bad guys (laughs) um there is mech customization Uh, so is there like uh mecha putin 
<laughs> not that I've seen yet, but seems 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 likely. But um, the uh, you have like a mobile HQ that you can upgrade and allows you to three D print um, various parts and items and abilities to avoid combat and to move around faster or to be more stealthy or in, on the overworld map that is. Um, and then it's it's sort of gimmicky thing as you described in much more detail a couple weeks ago, you're able to, using some kind of predictive AI technology, peer up to five seconds in the future so that you can plan your moves in your, your, in your turn um, around how to maximize both your potential and minimize incoming harm to you. So um, I'm just trying to think... If there's anything else worth like super mentioning that you didn't bring up already uh, from before, I mean it's essentially Mech uh, XCOM two. Yeah, I mean the main thrust of the game, like in the story, your country was taken over by the bad guys' country, um, and you're trying to liberate it. And you have this advanced technology which gives you an edge in battles, but you can't capture and hold the territories on your own. So you do various missions and combat which lowers the sort of ready or preparedness level of the province you're trying to attack and then you call in the regular army troops and they invade and there's some battles and stuff and then you know ultimately you either win or you lose and if you win you gain control and if you lose you you know seed your attempt and you have to try again and uh, I'm not sure if the goal is to take the entire map back or just like build a road to the capital or what but I'll mark it on that. <laughs> um, the the only real complaints I have about the game have to do with sort of technical issues or UI stuff. The UI is really cluttery, um, and it doesn't do a good job of conveying information to you via tooltips. Not everything has a tooltip that seems to work properly or at all. And so sometimes you're, especially in the early game when you're still learning things, you're like, wait, what is this? What is that? Who's this person? What is their damage type that they do? Because um, there's multiple different damage types for each weapon, and you know weapons might be specialized to more one type of damage type or another. And you know you're building a mech that can you know hard counter something else or you know whatever. Like you're building them to purposes, whatever purposes you're going for. Um, but yeah, so the UI gets is a pretty cluttery. It's a pretty big mess. The tooltips are not sufficient enough for the most part. Um, there are very few options for graphics, um, which the game is pretty, but it runs, and I don't know if this is an optimization issue or something else is going on, but it only runs at 50 hertz, like a max of 50 hertz, so 50 FPS on my screen, no matter what I seem to do with it. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, it, in in the spirit of, of Total Biscuit, like, the graphics options are quite lacking, um, it's got some basic stuff about like, motion blur, and um, you've got presets, but nothing really that can allow you to make a custom graphics pre- preset. Um, and then, yeah, tooltips. Or the game, actually, the game doesn't help you out. Um, what I mean is that in norm- normally in turn-based games, where you try to end your turn, it'll either just straight up ask you, like, every time anyways, like, hey, do you want to do this? Or it'll it'll pull up like this unit hasn't moved, or are you sure you want to do this, or something like that. But kind of the nature of these five seconds a turn that you get 
sometimes you have moves that will not complete until the following turn. And even if you don't issue them any orders, it won't pop up and say that they haven't been given an order because enough of the previous task carried over that it, it still counts. So I've had a few times where I have ended a turn and watched one of my people get blown up because I accidentally didn't issue new orders to him. So he just like stood in the open and then got blasted. And that's, you know, on the one hand, you can say, well, just be more careful, pay, pay better attention or whatever. But on the other, it's like, man, I don't want to think about it. So Phantom Brigade is, is really interesting. It's good. Um, it does, you know, as you say, it plays and feels a lot more like XCOM than it does like Battletech, for example. But it is, uh, it is an excellent, in my opinion, so far, an excellent game. Would recommend if you're into this kind of stuff. I'll probably pick up eventually myself. Yeah. Although from the looks of it, I might be playing uh, Civ Six towards the end of the month. It's coming to Game Pass. Nice. Although I have a... I'll be surprised if I like it. Just with the city shit. Right. Well, speaking of cities and some other shit, uh, let's talk about Paradox. Yeah, Paradox uh, laying it out there. Yeah, Paradox announced quite a few games. They had a little, uh, their own sort of little digital presentation. Um, was it yesterday? Yeah, or was it over it, the weekend. It, I think it was yesterday. Where that they they posted a couple sequels, a couple new IPs, some DLC, some DLC. Um, the biggest one for me because it's made by Hairbrain Schemes Battletech people. It's called Lamplighters League, and it's a turn based. Um, action sort of strategy game where that you're fighting Nazis for treasure. I guess really you're. It's Indiana Jones, the turn-based video game. That seems to be the impression I get from it. Well, it's going to be interesting just watching the map screen so all the scroll dun da da dun, dun, and there's just a line <laughs> the entire time. No graphics, yeah. just, uh, or no, yeah, like three D modeled graphics. It's just a line going across the a world map. Dun, da, da, dun. True fans know. Represent. Uh, although How did Indy not uh, drown the level, on top of that submarine? Although the level where they just uh, uh, yeah, let Shia Booth uh, get torn apart by monkeys. Yeah, gotta have the fan service, right? Satisfying. So, I mean, that game had a teaser, and then it had like a two-minute trailer, and we don't really know anything else about it. So I don't have much else to say other than it's made by the Battletech people, and I think it looks pretty good. But there are some other things that came out of this. We have a couple of specific news topics that mm-hmm. we pulled that were kind of included under this umbrella. And then maybe like another one or two items to, to talk about. Yeah, but. because uh, uh, so the, uh, there was three main games. Uh, two uh, uh, Paradox uh, Arc, which is their publishing initiative, which has a sci-fi auto-battler, which and not a pen and paper three, so... All right. Yep. Uh, and DLC for Europa U- Universis 4, Surviving the Aftermath, and Crusader Kings 3 has tours and tournaments. So, yeah. Which I haven't played uh, Crusader Kings in a while. So, the big one for, uh, for you was, uh, you know, Indiana Jones, the, the game, right? Yeah. Uh, Lamplighters League. Lamplighters League. Yep. That was the, the one that, kind of caught my eye the most and for me it's kind of a combination of the other two so they 
teased their other two games with uh, more in-depth info coming later. The first one being City Skylines 2. And I just hope that they don't roll back a lot of the DLC features. I know it's probably going to happen, because that's usually what happens with these. Yeah. But uh, I just want them to fix the, the traffic model. That and, you know, maybe some multi-threading where, you know, the uh, city doesn't bog down so quickly, right? Yeah. Although there's some interesting things that's hinted at in the achievements, because somebody accidentally pressed a button and uploaded the achievement list. And it seems like there might be changing seasons, which would be a welcome change, huh? Yeah. Because uh, City Skylines 1, pretty much whatever mode the map is in, it's constantly like that. So if you have uh, the Snowfall DLC, you set up in a winter map, it's always winter, which kind of loses its charm after a while. But on the same, uh, uh, on the flip side, you know, you know, dealing with summer all the time also gets kind of boring. Right. Uh, it sounds like there's some more interesting uh, events going on with, like, rats taking over the city. Like, rat infestations. Uh, they said that the city's supposed to be, like, a hundred-some blocks. Which I'm assuming, of course, they're going to be a lot smaller than the City Skylab's one blocks. Because, damn right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the achievement list is on here. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Also, it sounds like uh, you're able to designate service buildings to particular districts. So, in City Skylines 1, you could build up, like, essentially many towns uh, with uh, their own policies and uh, to, des- uh, to designate uh, you have certain, like, service levels. And it sounds like they're possibly making it where you could designate or exclude districts from town services. So you don't have to, you know, if you need the ghetto, essentially, for for your uh, low education, uh, cheap workers, you don't have to worry about, you know, accidentally putting a school in the wrong place, right? Yeah. Which, oof, right? Yep, that's a phrase. Yeah, but also, if the American-style building cities, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Although, I would, uh, wouldn't mind seeing more European-style st- cities. I would, too. That would be nice. You're having mixed uh, uh, zoning, or even make it so that, oh, no, there's a, a single commercial in the middle of uh, uh, the residential now everybody's pissed off about all the noise the supermarket's making, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, the te- both these teasers, uh, this uh, City Skylines and the next one, no gameplay whatsoever, or or very little gameplay, I should say, because the next one is a really interesting one. Paradox is taking on EA again <laughs> because yep. Maxis, and they're going yep. after The Sims. Yep, they've got a Sims-esque game called Life by You um, that's going to be coming up, and we just got a teaser of that. Like a f- the the whole thing was like fifty five seconds. Uh, and, I would you know, say, there's yeah, some, a bit like, of it for logos and all that. I would so. say like thirty seconds and like probably fifteen seconds of gameplay or yeah, gameplay esque uh, footage. 
Yeah. It, it, it does look so much like The Sims. It's being helmed by the Sims creator or, or uh, one of the Sims creators, I should say. Now I'm trying to find his name on here. It's not Will Rod, uh, Rod Humble. So there's definitely some pedigree going on. Yeah, and and to just look at the trailer, if I didn't know what it was, I genuinely would think like, oh, this is this is some kind of new DLC for for the Sims. So Rod Humble uh, is the executive producer for the Sims, uh, or was the uh, executive producer for the Sims division of the uh, of EA since 2004, and. In 2010, he uh, left the company. So he was at the helm for, you know, six years. Yeah. During the Sims 2 and Sims 3 era. So, right? Yep. So definitely pedigree. I do wonder if it's going to have the... uh, The Sims always has this kind of surreal slash slightly wacky, but uh, not quite uh, air to it. And I think if they go for a full-on, hard, uh, yeah, realistic uh, life sim, it will get boring. You know, the, the, you need to have, like, uh, yeah, kind of make a deal with death, right? Right. You don't have to go all in on the wackiness or the sci-fi slash supernatural elements that The Sims inevitably uh, goes down into for the DLCs. But, you know... Yeah, I do hope that they don't go full on dry either. Yeah. Uh the uh it does look like they're doing more of a tile based one than what Sims 4 has. So Sims 3 esque, maybe? On uh on uh, at least uh uh building uh, your house. Which I liked better, so I mm-hmm. I'm likely to appreciate that. Yeah, there was some things with Sims 4 uh uh, house building, which was really nice, though. Uh, the fact that you could just grab a room and stretch it, it was really nice. Uh, yeah, like, oh, I just realized that, yeah, uh, this uh, living room is slightly too small. Here, let me uh, stretch out the wall just by grabbing an uh, arrow, right? Right. Or just grabbing the entire room and uh, flipping it around. And we joke about uh, EA making a bunch of DLC, and Paradox is the same way, but. I get, I at least have a feeling that Paradox's uh, DLC will be more substantial than all the you know, kits that uh, EA has been producing now. Yeah. H- have you looked to see just how much uh, crap is on The Sims 4 these days? Uh, not in a while. I looked a few months uh, ago, last time I played. Yeah, it's just over uh, $1,000 now. Yeah. With no uh, stuff on sale right now. There's so much, like, stuff packs and kits, which uh, kits are uh, five bucks each and are very small focus stuff, you know, usually just clothing. Uh, Then their stuff packs are slightly bigger, but still mostly full of clothing and maybe a slight uh, game-changing thing. Like, cool kitchen stuff, just grabbing one at random, has a, a juicer. <laughs> or, sorry, an ice cream maker. I just saw the uh, the picture of it, and yeah, it looked like a juicer at first. 
and it allows you to make uh, ice cream. <laughs> I guess right. Yep. And that's the whole thing, right? That's uh, totally worth ten bucks, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Or I should say, yeah, that's the main gameplay changing thing. Then you have the full on expansions, which are forty bucks a pop. And there's oh damn. Uh, well, the new one is, is it coming out or has it come out? Uh, oh, it's coming out, uh, in a couple weeks. The Growing Together expansion. So, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve or thirteen expansions at forty bucks a pop. Yeah, that's too much. But I mean, they're, they're charging for it. They're the only game in town. Yeah. Well, I hope that the competition between them and Paradox will yeah, drive some innovation because The Sims has kind of been doing their own thing over and over again, haven't they? Yeah, for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I remember when The Sims 1 came out, there was a couple essentially knockoff versions, but they never really got as in depth, uh, is that the proper way to say it? Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Sims, the, there's uh, okay. The, the Sims is a fairly shallow game, at least in the base game. But there's so much like animation that you have to do, and different situations that you have to set up for. That the Sims is essentially a money pit for development, or a Sims esque game. So. Whatever you'd get a Sims knockoff game, it would feel very rigid and not very immersive because there's just so few like animations because they were you know they didn't realize oh shit yeah you, know, you need to have like that uh, uh, probably a few dozen different uh, uh, animations just going into setting uh, down because there's stools there's different chairs there's like going from uh, one animation to another, right? Yep. Plus, and this male is how- versus female. Some of them will look different. And and that's even before you start dealing with body types, right? Or ages, and, and you just can't apply, you know, adult ama- animation to a child because then the child stretches out and, and uh, uh, looks uh, uh, like long man, right? Look even weirder than usual. Hmm. <laughs> Okie dokie. Yeah, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what they talk more about in a couple weeks. So we may be retouching on uh, 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 life by you. Yeah, which, I'm looking forward uh, which to is not, as well. which is which is not as a catchy name, is it? No, they need like a uh, you know, a subtitle or something. That would be handy. So um, you know what else would be handy right now? Yeah, a, well, a slice of cheesecake. Mmm, cheesecake. Uh, Thank you for being a friend. So, um, we we talked about this in our Franken content because I I you showed me this article. Yeah, yeah I fresh. just I just had I had to because this is one of those what the hell, right? Yeah. So there is a Golden Girls fan game that is a. Mod? Did I read and remember that correctly? Uh, a mod of Persona? I think it's a mod. Persona games. Uh, 
it's not exactly clear if it's a mod or it's something that they're building from the ground up. Yeah, but it lets you play as the Golden Girls. Uh, they they take as they take on Manhattan, <laughs> which the trailer for it looks adorable. Um, you know this this is only going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be awful or it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, Golden Girls was a show that encompassed uh, over half a decade, um, spanning between the eighties and the nineties. That had a mix of serious and silly parts to it, and I think overall, I think of Golden Girls as being silly, but there were some very serious, progressive for the time episodes and concepts that they tackled. So you know, you could really, you you could really uh, fuck it up, but hopefully they do not. I mean, I'm definitely going to be looking into playing this. I like the Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, cast. it looks like it's they were funny. not a mod. So all right, yeah. I was just reading through the article again to make sure I didn't miss something, but yeah, it doesn't say it's a mod. It's saying that it's a full-on uh, self-contained game, and like all the different characters have uh, their own persona-esque summon as well. Yeah, there's just something about when the internet creates something weird like this, right? Yeah, it's in the same vein, although cut from a from a different cloth. It's in the same vein as like, um, oh. Oh my god, my brain goes blank. I hate when it does that. It's when I'm This is why you need coffee. Yeah, yeah, coffee doesn't really help me. But oh, the Colonel Sanders game. It's in kind of the same vein of that. I still haven't played that. Shit, we should have done that for uh, for February. Oh shit, you're right. I still I also still haven't played it. But you know, it's in the same vein. Like it seems like it's silly. It seems like it's you know taking sort of the most absurd ideas and concepts about the property and make them into something interesting. But, you know, if done competently and well, like, you can make an excellent game out of a silly or, or you know, or dumb idea. hmm So, I look forward to, to seeing this, to playing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, same, they say holiday of this year, so. Yeah. So, we've, uh, we've been blowing through these, although this one might, might last a little longer. Um, mm-hmm. Hogwarts Legacy is Europe's fastest-selling game that isn't FIFA for uh, for a generation. Yeah, now, it, it tells you just how fucking big FIFA is, huh? Yeah. Now, we have a few things. I do want to put a disclaimer up at the beginning mm-hmm. of this. Um, we have, while we have a, a small community, we have a pretty open and, uh, as far as I know, you know, progressive um, community. And so Hogwarts, or anything Harry Potter related, because it's tied to J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. is pretty heavily stigmatized. Yeah. Personally. toxic display point, huh? Yeah. Personally, I have avoided Hogwarts Legacy as much as possible because of that fact. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to see or participate in that discussion online. I think her personal views are awful. Um, I, you know, none of, neither of us and, here. Yeah. And the fact that she's just trying to walk it back now. Yeah. Mind the fact that, you know, uh, the it doesn't forget. Yeah. Neither of us support homophobia or transphobia or, you know, uh, hard right, uh, conspiracy theories and beliefs. Like neither of us support that. Um, but we do have to reckon with these things that exist in, in the world. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think ignoring them makes them, you know, go away. Like, burying yeah. your hand in the sand doesn't do anything. Like, you don't have to play and support her um, if you don't want to. But just totally ignoring the fact that it exists is not, I, I think, helpful. Yeah, so I think I'm going to, uh, I think I figured out my defense uh, before we uh, dive into this topic. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow a uh, 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 Yahtzee's uh, version. J.K. Rowling's is a cunt. <laughs> yeah, J.K. Rowling is a uh, cunt. If you haven't seen the Zero Punctuation for Hogwarts Legacy, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. And and again, I, I haven't paid for this game. I haven't played this game. I've seen some stuff about it. I personally, even before I knew anything about J.K. Rowling, I'm not a huge Harry Potter person, not a huge Harry Potter fan. I was old enough, or, you know, I was the right age to have been, like, a huge fan. I was into the right kind of stuff. Um, But I just never got too deep into it. I read a few of the books, like, the first, I think, three books, and then I just stopped, and I haven't seen any of the movies. Maybe I've only seen one of the movies. Like, I'm just not a Harry Potter person. I mean, I read the books, but I never watched the movies, so... Yeah. Um, So let's... Kind of diving into the idea of this, the general idea of this topic, like it's the most, it's the fastest selling game that isn't FIFA in in quite some yeah, which time. Is, which is also a little disappointing when you hear just how big FIFA is, right? Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah, I think I think the story here isn't so much Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's. Probably there for a reason. I haven't really looked at a lot of the reviews for it myself. If I ever play it, it'll be like used copy on the Switch. Just to stick it to them as much as I can, right? Short of piracy, because... But I think the bigger story here is just... There's such an untapped market for a quality AAA uh, single-player experience. I mean, look at the AAA games that's uh, coming that's come out so far, and how few are just either broken on release, unoptimized to hell, or lousy microtransactions, or right. some combination thereof. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, now uh, like uh, Atomic Hearts. Uh, I know not completely AAA. It had severe uh, performance issues. Um, Suicide Squad looks like it's going to be microtransactions to hell. I'm just, I'm looking at a list here. Uh, Diablo uh, 4, well, its biggest problem is it's a Blizzard game. What? (laughs) Don't you have phones? (laughs) Uh, No, 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 that's Immortal. I know, but I, I had to... Skull and Bones has the problem of not existing. Right. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor might be the uh, the rare exception on this. Uh, and then you have the, well, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is also an exception, but that's also Nintendo being Nintendo doing their own weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just uh, looking at like the, the main list of AAA games coming out. Uh, either currently announced or uh, has a hard release date uh, for this year. 
there's just so many that's if discounting Nintendo stuff because Nintendo stuff tends to okay it might be broken on release but doesn't typically have the breakthrough transaction hell the sole focus on multiplayer you know uh there's just not a lot here that's just not has issues or it's a big unknown yeah i i do think that all of this is a result of a few a few factors one of them being people want good single player games no matter how much game publishers or you know production companies or you know the executives that run them want an infinite money making machine out of a multiplayer live service or something like that people want good single player games and from everything that i've heard about the game itself it's a pretty solid gameplay experience it's got issues people complain about a few things but like it it mostly gives people what they want and we don't have as many of those games as we used to in the big AAA space. We don't just have solid entries with games that are designed to be offline, single player, not full of microtransactions, not full of bullshit, just like a solid game that you can buy and play for, you know, 5, 10, 20 hours, depending on what it is. The market wants that. The indie space has picked it up for a long time. And I think it still carries the torch most prominently for the single player experience. But indie games can't, well, I won't say can't, have a much harder time breaking into the realm of AAAs in terms of IP that they get access to, legacy IP, things like that. Because, you know, the, the biggest franchises on the planet, you know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel... People want games that are set in those worlds or in those universes that they can play and enjoy. And it's difficult, if not impossible, for small studios to get access to IP like that. So, first factor, people the, just and want... It's, and it's tougher to build from the ground up as well. Yeah. But, you know, first, first factor, people just want good single-player games. That's just full stop. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. But second, we're in this weird global economic space where that people don't have the time or the money to devote to things that they can't take at their own pace. I mean, the economy is always, you know, pitching the uh, working class, which there's a very interesting video that um i've struggled for a few years as i have made more money and quote unquote become more of a professional trying to express my issues with sort of class warfare um because i make more money than i ever have before but i'm still very clearly like not a wealthy person and so there's this video that i watched to to make a long story short that basically says that there are only two classes there are working class people and there are capitalist class people And if you make most of your income by working, no matter how much you earn, um, you're a working class person. And if you make most of your income based on the labor of others, you're a capitalist class person. And there's a few 
odds and ends here or there, but for the most part, that people are broken down into those two divides. And most working class people, especially in countries like America or in the still developing world, um, don't have the income or the time because of you know economic events, the war in Ukraine, COVID still being something that collectively we have not gotten our asses together yet to deal with worldwide with additional outbreaks and oh, oh we're not going to at this point i mean let's be perfectly honest yeah but you know economic disparity caused by that as well as global market forces um you know supply chain issues uh bitcoin mining climate change and the impending climate crisis completely destabilizing certain markets around the globe like it all comes together to create this situation where people don't have the money or time that they used to have um and possibly maybe even never had at least on the money front but um you know that people want to be able all of that said people want to have entertainment that they can drop in and drop out of whenever they have a chance to and multiplayer games don't allow that they just they just don't because especially the way that they're designed now there's always some treadmill to be on. And people don't want to be on the treadmill all the time. Hell, that's no. something that uh, that the whole streaming game uh, thing could have easily jumped into. Just have it where you could suspend the game and come back later. Mm-hmm. Almost like uh, the Switch has it, where you, know, you just turn off the power and it goes into sleep mode. You can pick up pretty much immediately where you were. That solves a lot of issues with the uh, yeah, some of these long narrative games. Doesn't solve the issue with the lag and everything, but all right, yeah. But then the other thing is is I think there's just a fatigue in other prominent game series, mm-hmm. and so those three factors together combine to make a game like Hogwarts Legacy, which is sort of good enough as a single player experience that people have been buying the shit out of it. And also, I mean, the the fact that the general gaming public doesn't really care that J.K. Rowling's is a cunt. Yeah, I mean, I think most people are are naive to most social issues. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like naive, being naive doesn't is like not an insult. It's not stupid. Like being naive just means you don't know something. And well, people, also, it's just not really covered. Yeah, people know a lot about the things that they're interested in the most or sort of their niche or something that directly affects them. But, you know, by and large, the population is not affected by or cares about, you know, JK Rowling and the people that she winds up hurting. And so people don't know. Um, also, like you said, it doesn't get covered. There are. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, some people talking about this on Reddit. How when Hogwarts Legacy came out, there was maybe two stories on the BBC about her being a turf, and then, uh, you know, it just after a day it was gone. Yeah. Also, for in, anyone listening who doesn't know, turf is an acronym. It's it stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist, uh, meaning a, a feminist that doesn't believe that trans women are women. That's short shorthand. That's what that means. Yeah, and, and if you're a turf, I think uh, uh, James Stephanie Sterling shows up and uh, uh, chokeslams you. Yeah. Yes. 
That is that is correct. Ob- objectively, this is correct <laughs> and good and right. But yeah, I I you know I wish there were more single player games. I wish there were more good, interesting single player games in the air quotes AAA space. I mean, hell, that, uh, just games that don't uh, feel like they're trying to suck every single sin out of you. Yeah. Even just, you know, DLC or, you know, uh, additional content that uh, they can produce. It's just not, they don't put every single bit out there. Remember when I started playing Splatoon, one of my things is, yes, it does have a progression system and Technically, it would be a battle pass by the hardest definition, but it's not a pay-into battle pass every season. It's just the uh, in-game progression system. Yeah. And it's all cosmetic stuff. Oh, I should, uh, well, I should say, it's mostly cosmetic stuff, and technically, the uh, clothing that you get isn't uh, just cosmetic, but you have so many options for uh, clothing that it at the end of the day is essentially cosmetic. Yeah. But you know, I'm not uh spending you know uh 15 bucks uh, every 3 uh months uh, for the latest squid pass, right? Right. And the so. fact that you know they get praised for just being not shit is sad. Right? It just tells yeah. you the state of the industry. Yep. So you know, that was that was a I think a much deeper larger explanation than they intended from the the news article but Mm -hmm. i mean it's worth looking into this is our our hobbies our passions um you know and we want to see the things that we enjoy doing both doing well and doing good if that makes sense like i want games to do good in the world um and Games are not doing good if they are extracting every last single cent and second from every person that they can. Um, do you have anything that you want to add to this point before we move on to the tertiary kind of tie-in thing for the, about Harry Potter? Uh, not really outside of I would like to see more big budget uh, single player focused games. And if they need to th- uh, throw in some story DLC, go for it. But you know, at least, uh, you know, uh, take me out to Darren before you fuck me. Right. Uh, and also, to be clear, we recognize that there are some out there. There are a few um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, a few modern ones. And we, you know, we want to, you know, acknowledge and recognize those. Um, I mean, even though it honestly really wasn't for me, uh, Lego the uh, Star Wars, uh, uh, Lego the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was a hell of a lot of cosmetic DLC for it, but at the end of the day, it was still a pretty solid, uh, single player esque focused uh, game. But it just wasn't for me because I didn't have the nostalgia for Lego Star Wars. Yeah. So, right. Yep. I think God of War also should be put in there. The modern mm-hmm. God of War. Um, Divinity Original Sin. Uh, and the sequel, of course. Even though that's kind of pushing the line on what... You know, AAA to AA, right? Yeah. Uh, hell, I'm just looking at the most... Uh, 
uh, popular games on Steam. It's just there, there's so many uh, multiplayer games, which makes sense, but at the same time, yeah, right? Yeah. Bless you. I think that was a sneeze. Yeah. I mean, just looking on Steam, the top uh, played games right now, uh, you have to go down to, like, Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim, which... Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. I think Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. Kinda, right? Yeah. I need to pick up the DLC for that on Switch. I need to just play it. It's on Game Pass. I've yeah. got it installed. Unfortunately, we couldn't play together uh, uh, on my save file. I'd have to start over. Yeah. But yeah, there are not a lot of single-player AAA games that meet you know this criteria, because I'm looking at this list on Steam and I'm not finding... Not finding <laughs> other ones. Okay. Well... Now, now, now I'm just wandering. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, uh, searching single-player does not help. Oh, here we go. Power Wash Simulator, of course, right? Right. Total the, Warhammer, uh, kinda, maybe. I'll I'll have to take your word on that one. I haven't played it. All right. Um. So moving on to our kind of adjacent mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. So, uh, Harry Potter games also joined the banned list over Games Done Quick. Yep. And the uh, kind of tertiary charity events that they do throughout the year. They just finished uh, Frame Fatales. Uh, in the last, like, day or two. hmm But, um, you know, this is, uh, because of all of the, the bad things about J.K. Rowling that they've been saying. You know, mm-hmm. her being a turf and all that jazz. Like, essentially, and, and you pointed this out to me because I'm not, su- I, I know what Games Done Quick is, but I'm not super familiar with them as, a, mm-hmm. as an organization. Um, and you said they're very, you know, liberal, progressive. Okay, um, let's put it this way. Uh, the, fr- uh, Frame Fatales, even though it's a woman-focused, uh, uh, well, speedrunning event, they are open to trans women. Right. So, right. As a matter of fact, the Mario Kart speedrunner that I like to watch uh, during that uh, is a trans woman. A, a very horny one. Uh, she usually <laughs> wears, like, big devil horns. Nice. Very sexy. But yeah, so because of that, they um, have a band... All the Harry Potter games. Yeah, I mean, all of them. <laughs> Which makes sense to me. Um, yeah, some of these games on their band list, uh, it makes me wonder if there's a story behind it. Uh, if, like, uh, uh, it's because of a certain speedrunner or something. But, yeah, the Harry Potter games, uh, even though they haven't released an official statement on t- as to why, I mean, all right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I really don't have a problem with them uh, wanting to curate what games they ha- uh, cover. Because even though they're not selling the games directly, they're still um, essentially marketing for the game, right? Yeah. So uh, having uh, you know, uh, that taken away from... Uh, yeah, t- uh, co- uh, removing that possible controversy, plus it also, uh, at least for a while... Hogwarts Legacy was absolutely toxic on uh, Twitch to the point that uh, people that were actually streaming it would just get dogpiled upon by uh, 
But people calling him trash for supporting J.K. Rowling's, uh, maybe not even knowing, because, right? And then uh, dogpiling on, uh, from the other side, yelling at the people dogpiling in the first place, and it just turns into a giant mess. So there's yeah. also that aspect that I can't blame him for wanting to step away from. Me too, I don't, I don't blame him for that either. I don't... I don't know what, how much more I have to say about this since I already talked about her being a turf. And I guess maybe <laughs> the only thing I have left to say is like this idea of like, don't, um, you know, be careful, like death of the artist, yeah. be careful with, you know, attaching an artist's, um, you know, be it writer and, you know, in this case sort of writing, but you know, anything, but attaching their specific views to the characters, like you are able to interpret things in the way that you see fit as the consumer of this media. So, but it still like, it sucks. Like but the it's thing also that comes hard in, to separate uh, when uh, they're being so outspoken uh, about their cunningness. Yeah. I mean, Orson Scott card is the person that comes to my mind. Uh, yeah. Same. The Ender's game uh, author and how he was famously um, a uh, homophobic. Yeah. Which, Shit! Uh, whenever I originally read Ender's Game, I I, I thought he, he was like the biggest uh, rainbow flag uh, waving guy out there. A lot of homoeroticism there, in there. Uh, a lot of homoeroticism. It, it it's like a, a three hour loop of the volleyball game from Top Gun. Don't get me there, wrong. It, I love the volleyball game from Top Gun, but I mean, there was so many times like uh, whenever Ender first meets his bunkmates and. He goes out of uh, out of his way, uh, uh, the author, uh, to talk about how uh, one of them was laying there naked with a tablet with a giant dick on it uh, over his crotch, right? Mm-hmm. And all the naked uh, fights, and it's just... Uh, it, it makes me think he's a little repressed. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Quite quite possibly. Not that I'm wondering, so I call Angel Analyze, that's your job. Yeah. Well, they teach us in school like not to do too much of that uh, art from from your the comfort of your armchair. But although I'm sure that there's been a few times there's a, been a bit of bitch be crazy, right? There's a whole lot of bitch be crazy, <laughs> and so that's a pretty common occurrence. But yeah, I think I, I don't I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? I think that's gonna uh, do it for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Although so, go go check out Mario Kart uh, Eight Deluxe on. Uh, Game's done quick because you need to you need to experience Amber. I will go look it up. <laughs> well, I'll look it up now, but I'll watch it later. Uh, it's uh, from three days ago. Uh, unfortunately, uh, she doesn't have the devil horns on. Uh, but yeah. Um, do I just uh, Mario Kart games done quick? Mm-hmm. Amber. Yeah. Uh, the one from three days ago is the one that I haven't checked out yet. Uh. Uh, trying to find the one where she was wearing the devil horns. I'm willing to say it's from six months ago. Yeah, art. Yeah, it's this one. Hang on. Let's go to like the middle of it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to drop in Discord because right. Okay. Uh. Okay. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> like the horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can see. Uh, quite quite the amazing uh driver too. Yeah. I'll probably have uh, my card on my secondary screen tomorrow, uh, just in the background. 
watching while you do mm-hmm. or listening while you do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Rage, how can people contact us if they'd like to? Yeah, because we didn't have anything in the community corner this week. So if you used to contact us, you could do so. Podcast at gmail.com. You could drop by the Twitter, Podcast. Or you could uh, drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vjlpodcast.podbean.com. Indeed. Now, it's early for us in terms of recording, but I'm struggling. Okay. Uh, I've been standing up the almost the entire time. Uh, have um, you tried huffing your paint? I haven't. I haven't. So I painted. I've painted almost everything that I have printed right now. I didn't get anything out to paint tonight um because my desk is a di- is a disaster zone i gotta clean my desk i've been needing to clean my desk for like six months now yeah I, I try to clean my desk like once a week like clean it off and then like wipe it down but it's been like three weeks since i've really cleaned my desk so there's shit everywhere but yes let us who i'm getting discord notifications where's that i have so many th- servers and so many things that I ignore that it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, where's this coming from? Badoop. All right. Um, but yeah, so you, you told them where they could get in touch with us. Um, what about your socials? Hey, Rage, why don't you hit them with your socials? Oh, maybe someday I'll tweet again over at Game with CR. I mean, I've just haven't felt the need for it. And also, uh, Elon Musk is a bigger cunt. So, all right. Hey, maybe yeah. I just got banned, right? <laughs> Woo! Fuck Twitter. Uh, and also, fuck Elon Musk. Because, right? Yep. Uh, but I wish to be my friend on Steam, because Gaben is not a cunt. He's our lord and saver. You can do so, Caffeine Rage, over there. And you've been? I have been me, Jared. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so at JMA4707. I have been participating in a March Madness bracket for Battletech, um, voting and discussing uh, the, the the picks in the bracket every day, uh, the month of March so far. Um, if you want to watch me play tabletop stuff, uh, twitch.tv slash runicarts. That is not my Twitch stream. It is his, but I appear running a game on Wednesdays about every other week. Um, or so. Uh, and then, if you just want to, like, hang out and talk about stuff, you can do so over on Discord, join our server, you can befriend me specifically, or on Steam, you know, my username is chairarthur4707. If you want to talk to me there for some reason, instead of anywhere else, you can. Woo! Woo! So, once again, podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics. Vichon podcast I, because I do still check the Twitter even though I don't really post anymore. Or if you wish to drop by the Discord once again, vjlpodcast.podbean.com. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash vjlpodcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at incompetech.com and as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.